Hello, listener, and welcome to Desert Pirate Radio. My name is E, and I have been doing some sleuthing. So, I was going through the show notes for the last two weeks because it's weird. Why would I miss two shows? And that's a reasonable question. But I have found a weird thing, and this is a weird thing that you probably know. I've been doing the same content for the last four shows, and I have no memory of it. Something of this grey box. Um, it's currently sitting over there in the corner, but look, I want to throw it out, but I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, if you, if, if you, if any Winky Wonkies happen again, please let me know. Um, and if you have any ideas of what I could do to get rid of this box, please let me know. Um, I've, I've done my freaking out, but I'm just, don't want it to keep happening. Please reach out. I'll put a place you can write in, in the show notes. Anyway, let's now talk Christianity. Sin. What is it? You've probably heard about that. It's a co- often term that if you've ever hung out with a Christian or, you know, anything. Sin. And it's quite simple, really. It just means missing the mark. That mark is God's standard. And we all do it. Nobody can reach God's mark. And that's why we have Jesus. But that is a conversation for another day. When I say ah, you say duh. Oh no, who's going to help me? I've got a rat stuck in a divot that needs to be completely taken out in a God-fearing manner. What will I do? Well, you've come to the right place, partner. Here at Ruth and Ryan's Rigorous Righteous Rut Rat Removalists, we can solve a problem like that. He's as cool as a cucumber, as genuine as a glacier, and as switched on as a switch. It's Peter! We join our conversation as Peter sets the scene for an adventure. Not only adventure he's been on, but an adventure you're welcome to join. Well, in 1984, there were government ads that appeared on television and radio saying, Come on, Australians, let's celebrate. We're about to turn 200. Do something, plant a tree, have a street party. But 1988, four years away, is the year that we're going to celebrate 200 years of um, of being Australia. So I uh, I thought to myself, okay, I'll do something better than planting a tree or having a street party. I'll advertise in. Vintage Car Club magazines in America, England and Australia that if anybody wants to participate in, I call the event, the London to Sydney Vintage Car Endurance Trial, then I was going to conduct this trial starting on New Year's Day in London uh, with the intention of getting to the Sydney Opera House or nearby uh, near where Captain Arthur Phillip uh, discovered the tank stream and they reckon we can have a colony here because there's fresh water and, and what have you, circular key. That's where the finishing line is going to be. Now, uh, I advertised and uh, 150 people from all over the world said, yes, th- what we want to do this, tell us more, tell us more. So I said, okay, uh, I'll start you in London. I'll greet you in Sydney in between if you find yourself in a hospital or a jail or a war, you just get yourself back out again. 
and the horror on their face. They, well, what about the camp kitchen to feed us every meal of the day and the fleet of tow trucks following along behind? I said, no, I'm recreating the condition of pioneer motoring. So 150 evaporated down to six. Six people uh, from various parts of the world wanted to do this right or wrong. And so I thought, no, that, that's manageable. We can do that. And um, I charged them $1,000 to enter, for which they got a, uh, yes, the, there's a sterling silver wire wheel modelled on a 19, uh, sorry, a 24-inch Rudge Whitworth wheel, which were popular in the 1920s. Now, probably, from memory, it cost me 900 to get that made. So there were six people. They had $600 to spare left over. And I thought, I can't even afford to go to London to stop them, uh, start them at this stage. So I contacted a mate of mine, a um, policeman, Mick, and, and said, Mick, whether you're on duty on New Year's Day on London or not, uh, uh, 1988, would you please put on your uniform and just go into this address in Marble Arch and stop the traffic on the road that's going outside the, the address? And there's six vintage cars that I want to get... They want to start together and drive down, I presume, to Dover, where they'll get the ferry that goes across to Calais. And uh, and that's the best I can do because I just can't afford to get across there. And he, that's what he did. Mm. They started it, a very modest beginning. Uh, they went down to Dover. They, they all got their cars on the roll-on, roll-off ferry, went to Calais, had dinner together uh, in the dining room and then went in separate directions. One of the most interesting stories was that a builder from Castlemaine in Victoria, Richard, is his name, he uh, had a business partner uh, who asked that Richard would take his uh, partner's son along with him as a co-driver. So he did that. And uh, when they got to Denver, Colorado in January, it was very snowy and this open-top tourer that was having a lot of trouble getting through the snow and, and what have you, uh, when they, they called into Denver that night, they, uh, the, the son, unbeknownst to Richard, contacted his father and this debt that, that was between these two men that didn't look like it was ever going to get uh, satisfied. Um, when Richard woke up the following morning and came down and saw the the son of his business partner there fixing up the, the bill and what have you with all his bags and clothes on and, and and he said, what's going on? Oh, oh, Richard, oh, look, I've spoken to Dad and uh, we own a, um, a garage in Florida. I've, um, I've just uh, negotiated for this tow truck driver to take the car down to Florida. It's a four-wheel drive tow truck and uh, all uplift and tow. And when the snow clears, we'll, um, we'll continue on and I'm late for the airport, so I'll see you later. And he shot through. And so Richard walked outside and there's his car being pulled up on top of a uh, all-up-lift-and-tow four-wheel drive truck. And, and he said, have you been paid to take this car to Florida from Denver? Yeah, it is, it is. the Australian has given me all these hundreds of dollars to, to do that. And so Richard got out the registration papers on his, on his car and he said, I'm the owner of this car. You've got five minutes flat to get that off the car or I'm calling the police to report an auto theft in progress. The tow truck driver looked horrified. He realised he... So he got it off the car, gave Richard all the 
the uh, money and shot through. Didn't want to have anything to do with a police uh, complaint or anything like that. So uh, Richard drove on by himself, got out of the snow line and, and uh, he's driving towards San Francisco and a left-hand drive Ferrari came up. Richard's uh, car was right-hand drive, so then two-lane traffic going the same way. There's two cars side by side uh, and the, the, the driver of the Ferrari wound his window down and they're travelling at speed, and uh, but he's sort of t- not high speed, I don't think, and they're talking to each other while they're driving and, and, the, and the driver in the Ferrari said, where are you going? He said, oh, I'm going to Sydney, Australia. Where are you staying tonight? I don't know. He was heading to the east coast, uh, the west coast of the United States, trying to find a port somewhere where he could put the car on a ship. And the, the, the guy in the Ferrari gets his phone out and makes a phone call while he's driving, I believe. <laughs> and uh, he said, you're staying at the San Francisco Hilton tonight. On, at my expense, I'll see you there for dinner later and took off. It turned out that this driver was the Formula One race driver, Phil Hill, who uh, clearly was a petrol head and uh, and was fascinated with this and they had dinner that night and the following day um, Richard put the car on, in a shipping container or, or some roll-on-roller ferry or whatever, sent it to Australia and then did around Australia and, and that was one of the fascinating uh, stories that comes out of that event and they were the ones, first of all, that said, Pete, this is the best things we've ever done. Organise something bigger and better. And the rest of them all uh, said the same. And that ties into the next question. Where's, what's, what's the next stage? What's the next phase? What's the dream? Yes, bigger <coughs> and better. Well, for 30 years I've been thinking, what could be bigger and better than that? And now that electric cars have arrived, I thought, yes, this is the, this is the, the future for motoring, and uh, so I am prepared to retrofit my vintage cars with electric motors and to do a long-distance event, first of all around Australia and then around the world, showing that electric cars can do long-distance even when there's no infrastructure like main supply electricity with solar panels on the ground, even though you might, uh, your progress might be dependent on the strength of the sun and how many batteries you've got. But, uh, so I'm planning on advertising an event for electric cars to drive ultimately around the world, uh, where the only restrictions on those who enter is that they will be fluent in English. There will, every, every entry, every vehicle, electric car, pardon me, will be uh, towing a trailer, a caravan, where the crew can cook, eat and sleep and carry solar panels when they're travelling uh, in the empty trailer and have lots of batteries under the floor, supplementary batteries, as well as the batteries in the solar panel car, to give them the distance and range that they will want to have. But it will be inevitably, from what I can see, without main supply rapid charging stations, uh, we will be dependent on the strength of the sunlight and time to charge up batteries if in the middle of the the Sahara Desert or the Nullarbor or or wherever, and there's no main supply, uh, we, we just... We will have time 
times when there will be delays, but the delays I hope will be opportunities for people to get to know each other with common language of English and opportunities for people to consider the claims Jesus has made about himself as we get together for meals under a sort of a marquee, which I'll take with me, and uh, folding tables and chairs and things like that. So there'll be a community, uh, travelling community uh, aspect of the event. And in my fertile imagination, that's how I am hoping God might uh, honour this event and bring it about if it's his will where people can hear and meet with other others who are Christians and consider their own position as well as having fun on the open road. Mm. You might hear this plan of Peter's and go, that is crazy. We do not have the technology. We do not have the, like, your brain might boggle at it. And my brain still boggles at it. But the thing that I love so much about Peter is that he holds this plan He holds this plan in two ways. He holds this plan with the eagerness of a 20-year-old. But he's not 20. He's in his 70s. And that just, like, that is so inspiring that you can have these massive dreams, even in your old ages. And the second thing that is also I find so inspiring is that he holds this plan with loose hands. If God said, no, this is not my will, Peter from all that up, from all my conversations with him, would be go. That's all right. I trust you, God, and I will let this go. But God hasn't said that, and even though Peter may pass on, he is aware that this might outlive him. And but he wants to see this. And I've been, I've been absolutely suckered in on this dream. I, I, I don't have all the skills. I don't have most of the skills. But I would love. If you have had your heart tickled, something has sparked your interest in what Peter has said about traveling the world in electric cars, it doesn't matter what your skills are, please reach out and make contact with the show. Because like you, like I said, this is a crazy dream, but we're going to need all sorts of people and we'll need all sorts of skill. And I have no idea when this will happen. But if we keep God in the center of this project and it is his will, it will happen. And I would love you to join. That's not all we've heard from Peter, though. That is just, I wanted to get that out because I, we need to start a team. And you can't start a team if people don't know that there's a team looking for people. So the gauntlet is laid out. We'll hear more from Peter down the road, pun not intended. But right now, please let me know if you have an interest or any skills that you could lend to the team. If you would like to hear more about version one of this adventure, there's a book called Across Africa and Beyond by James Wildonton and Paul Davis. So um, I think Peter's bought up most of those books and handed them out to people. The last one that I've heard on, Peter sent to Elon Musk um, which um, to hopefully get access to the powertrain of the Cybertruck to put in these electric cars. That's a whole story in itself. It's just like, I'll send it off, and if if it ha- if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. And if not, we'll keep pursuing other avenues, which, yeah, unbelievable. 
Anyway, unfortunately, that's all the time that's in the sand timer for today. Thank you for listening to Desert Pirate Radio. Until we meet again, deuces.